0: Welcome to Principles of Faith with Scott Gray. In this teaching series, Scott explores the biblical truth: God's nature is good.: By your spirit for giving us understanding, we know with that understanding comes knowledge. Out of that knowledge comes peace and rest. And then the result is wisdom. We receive that from you. We receive that and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 I like that, that third song was talking about. where, it To me, it described this year so far. We're going higher and higher and higher. We're going from glory to glory to glory. And that's what was... We could claim that any year, right? Because that's yes. God's Word. And that's His provision. But we had, we had a, I believe, several confirmations of, of prophecy of that over this particular church at the beginning of the year. That we were going from glory to glory to glory. And we've seen it happen, right, Merle? Amen. We've seen it happen. And I would say in every family in here, and probably every individual, we've seen just phenomenal... Things happening this year, both in ministry and in results in ministry and opportunities. And, in, and then in return, God's just blessing us back, just blessing our socks off, Carl. <laughs> so much we can hardly take it. So, anyway, all of that to say, how could we not know that God's nature is good? I mean, you'd really have to have help. To misunderstand that his nature is good, right? if you 've experienced what we 've experienced just in the last seven months, um, you know if we didn't know it before, and we did but but God is so good and he's so good all the time, and so we're we're continuing this study about his nature and the goodness of his nature. There's so many other things we could talk about his nature, but his goodness is something that 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 we're focusing on right now, and it's the goodness of God, it says, that leads man to repentance. When people really understand who God is and that overwhelming goodness of His character that's a part of His nature, it just, it just enthralls you. It just draws you into Him. And there's no other, there's no other, there's no religion, because knowing Him is not a religion, but there's no religion... There's no practice, there's no other little g God that can compare to experiencing personally the goodness of God. And if you're, if you're hearing this, or you're watching this, and you can't say that for yourself, you haven't experienced God yet. And so I'm not saying that critically, I'm challenging you. You need to experience God, <laughs> because if you do, you'll know how good He really, really is. And so... We've been talking about this, a couple of the text scriptures I'm just going to remind you of. Psalm 25, 8a said, Good and upright is the Lord. Psalm 34:8, And these are just a few, by the way. These are just the ones that we have focused on. 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Matthew 7, we know Jesus was talking about comparing us to, to the Father. And saying, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more would the heavenly Father give good things to us? And then he said in, in Matthew 19, 17, Mark 10, 18, and Luke 18, 19, that there's only one who is good. And that's God alone. And so true goodness, the kind of goodness that we're talking about that's part of God's nature, is, is only seen in him. Now, we see it coming out in other people who have God on the inside of them, and God has influenced their character, their nature, and changed their life when you 're born again, you know you 're born of the Holy Spirit of God, and so the Holy Spirit comes lives within you, and then he flows out of you and and is, will use you if you 'll let him and uh, and then that goodness can be seen through us so but it 's only from God, David said that he said there 's no good in me it's only it 's only from God, and so i 'm not going to review all of this, but last week we started talking about. Um, Jesus, we talked about the week before how it was his, how he healed and that was good even on the Sabbath when he would be persecuted for doing it. He healed even though there's no law about healing on the Sabbath. But the Pharisees tried to make it work and say healing is work and you can't work on the Sabbath. And they had all these rules so they used it against him. But either, even in the face of that, he healed because he loved and he was good. And then we talked about his will to heal. And last week, as I was saying, we started talking about how he. Came when he was here on earth, he was a reflection of the Father's nature. And part of that reflection of the Father was he showed the goodness of God in what he did. He was an example of the goodness of the Father. And and so we looked at John verses in John uh, chapter 10 where he said he was the good shepherd. And he said it several times. And then we looked in Luke 12, uh, 32 and Luke 7 where it's talking about uh, him and him showing the goodness of God. And then John fourteen nine, he said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. And so, him and the Father are one, the same nature they have, because they're both God. And so, the things that, what, how what you can interpret out of that is, you can look at it two different ways. One is, if you've seen me, you've seen the nature of the Father. The other thing is, if, you can take the things that Jesus did and attribute that to what the Father's nature would be. And so we can look at the acts of Jesus, the things he did, the miracles he performed, the love and compassion that he showed, and we can see that, hey, that must be what the Father's like. Because he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you can look at it both ways. If you know the Father, you know that, what Jesus did was of him, but if you see what Jesus did, you know that's what the Father must be like. And so he came to show us the Father. All right, so we're going to start today. We will not get through all these scriptures because I'm not going to keep you here all afternoon. Okay, relax. Just a few minutes, okay? And, and it, it'll save. These won't spoil <laughs> if we don't cover them all today. We'll cover a few, uh, but I want you to see some of these things. But, but let's look in John 8. You pray and maybe I'll talk faster. Okay. John chapter 8 and verse 19. And so in this. It says so they were saying to him. Where is your father? Now these were the the Pharisees. And he said. You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me. You would know my father also. And so they were trying to twist everything he did because why? They didn't know the father and they were trying to them it was a power grab. Here was a threat to their power. Somebody coming along that had power directly from the God from God the Father, either he was a prophet or he might oh my goodness, he might just be the Messiah. Well, we wouldn't let that happen because then we wouldn't have any power. He would be he would be not only biblically prophesied, but endorsed by God's Word Himself. So we couldn't let that happen. <laughs> this, is the, this is the thoughts of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. And so they were constantly fighting Him. But if they would have just, as we would say today, chilled a little bit <laughs> and just listened to Him and had an open mind, they could have gotten to know Him and they would have realized that he was living out what the bible shows the father the god the father to be what yahweh the god they worshiped the great i am el el yon el shaddai they would have seen that jesus was fulfilling these things but they didn't want to take time they closed their minds to him they didn't know him and jesus is saying you don't know me and you don't know my father either so anyway because he said The scripture we just read, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All right, look in in John chapter 10 again. And this time, look at verse 30. He said, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. I got a note in the middle of my Bible. And it says in in the note there for one. I didn't plan to look at this, but I think it's good. It says, we, you can st- instead of the word one, you could say a unity. I and the Father are, are in unity. Even you could say, it says one essence. One essence. One, one, one personality. One, one nature, we could say. I and the Father, we're, with, we're the same nature. We're the same essence, the same personality. Man, that'd be enough right there to To keep you going all week. You could go home on that, right? But wait, there's more. And then look at 37 and 38. He said, if I do not do the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works, so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. See, he's challenging. Even if you don't want to believe in me, then just look at what I'm doing and know that, that what I'm doing demonstrates the nature of God. And then for the, for the work's sake, for, the, for knowing what God is like, then believe in me. It's a challenge. And so... I want you to see in this that Jesus is saying, don't just believe me because I say I'm the Messiah or because I say I'm Jesus, as we know. But look at what I did. It lines up with the, with the nature of God. These works that I'm doing. And I would challenge us, if we see anything Jesus did that's recorded in the Gospels that does not line up with God's nature as good. Show it to me, because I hadn't seen it yet. You say, well, he got angry, and he ran out the money changers. We're going to get to that. Stick around. I thought it was going to be next week. I don't know. (laughs) But we're going to talk about God gets angry, even in his goodness. But he never violates his good nature, even when he's angry. Because you need to understand both sides. People will argue to you and say, well, there's a wrath of God, and God gets angry. So how could he be good? Well, stick around. We're going to talk about that. You pray because pray that, that, that God will help me to explain that. But there's an explanation for that. Do you get mad? Do you have a temper? There's three of you shaking your heads. Okay. The rest of you, <laughs> we're going to pray for lying. Because <laughs> I just bet if we lived with you 24-7, we'd see you had a temper. <laughs> and that you sometimes get angry. Okay. Okay. But who created you? God. Does he have a temper? Yes, he does. Because we were created in how do you know? Because we were created in his image, and I have one, so I know he has one. Does he sin, though? We we we, we can't I'm getting sidetracked. We've got to save that for that part. Okay. So look real quick at Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight. This is an example of God's goodness, but it also shows some other wonderful things that that we may or may not have time to fully get into. Um, But I want you to see this. Luke chapter 8, and we'll we'll look at verse um, 43. And then we're going to look at this real quickly in two other Gospels. You know the story, though, probably... It says, a woman who had a hemorrhage, or the King James calls it an issue of blood. You know what that is. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? Right away, he said that. And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. In other words, of course people, somebody's touching you. Everybody's touching you. It, we're in a crowd and they're all, they're all touching you. What do you mean, who's touched me? But Jesus said, someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. Now, isn't that something? There's a whole... We, we could spend an hour or two on this. How amazing it is that Jesus knew power went out of Him, but He... Now, He's Jesus, right? He's Jesus. But He didn't know who it was. But He knew somebody touched Him in a special way because He knew power went out. Now, there's a tons of things to learn out of this. We're going to touch on a little bit of it. But the the thing I want you to get is that the power that went out of Him... Now, this this will tell you of the goodness of God because of what His power is like. The power that went out of Him automatically brought healing. Now, if God is not a good God... (laughs) How would his power automatically do good things? But this is an example of how, when his power manifested and it was drawn out of him, we'll talk about how that happened in a second. But when that power was drawn out of him, did he have to wonder? Well, I wonder what happened. Did somebody drop dead? Did somebody get cancer? Did did did, did somebody get epilepsy? No, he knew something good happened. Right. And he wanted to find out what it was. Because when power went out of him, it automatically, in this case, brought healing. It brought something good, right? Have you ever thought about that? That when God's power manifests, automatically something good happens? Something happens for good? Something happens good to someone? Something good is available? Automatically. Jesus didn't even intentionally do anything, right? Because he didn't know who touched him. But it was drawn out. Now there's a lesson to be learned in this. So I want you to, and you'll have to forgive me, this is just a little side trail, but we can't (laughs) sidetrack, but we can't avoid this because you need to learn when we're studying this and, and studying what happened to this woman and the goodness of God. You can't leave this without saying, well, how did it happen? (laughs) How does it work to tap into a goodness of God in this way, okay? So can we go down a little sidetrack, and then we'll back the train back up, and we'll come back to their major point here, right, about the goodness of God. Is that okay? All right, turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And Mark and Matthew tell about this same incident, but they give a little bit more. Each one of them gives a little bit different than Luke, more of the story. So in this one, remember in, in Luke, it just said she had a hemorrhage for 12 years and nothing could be done to help her. Here it says a woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians. Now, we love the doctors and the nurses, right? But they don't have all the answers. They don't have... Of their own strength, they don't have the power of God. Now, praise God for for godly spirit filled nurses, shala, <laughs> and doctors and medical professionals that can pray and help people tap into the power of God, along with what they can do for them in the natural. But just in the natural, this poor lady had suffered many things at the hands of many physicians, and had not only that, it, it cost something, right? To get medical treatment. And she'd spent all she had. And was not helped at all. But rather grow worse. Do you know if the, if the medical profession does all they can for you. And they give up on you and say, well there's no more we can do. Do you know that there's more that can be done? <laughs> there's, there's the power of God. There's the goodness of God that wants you to receive your healing. That is trying to make healing available to you. That has healing available to you that can help you. Like the lady here that we're studying. But anyway, let's go on. Verse 27. After hearing about Jesus. Okay, let's stop right there. After hearing about Jesus. Do we know over in Romans 10 it says, Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, what? Hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is God's Word, right? It tells us about Jesus. It tells us about the power of God. It tells us about His will to heal. We already studied that, right? We settled that two weeks ago in Mark chapter, what? what is it, 3? It's on our sheet there. Mark chapter 1, 40, 40, 42. And so, she had heard about Jesus. Now, what do you think she had heard that she had faith for what she did. You think she had heard stories about people getting healed through Jesus, right? She might have even heard more specifically, I think we'll see, that she, that there were people who touched him and got healed, or he touched and got healed. Maybe even his clothing and got healed. And so she had heard about this, And faith came, right? Because faith comes by hearing. So she had faith, and she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak, for she thought. Now, again, this word thought in my Bible has a, has a note for an interpretation of that word. And it says literally, for that word thought, so I don't even know why they put it in here, because liter- the literal translation of it was saying. So she was saying, "If I just touch his garments, I will get well. If I just touch his garments, I will get well." So she had heard about Jesus. She had faith, right? Because she'd heard these other stories, and then she said, "If I'll just touch his garment, I will get saved." Now what is the principle for receiving anything from God? It's found in Romans 10, 9, and 10. Believe in your heart. You have to hear something first, right, to believe. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You choose to believe in your heart, and then you confess out of your mouth. Now, we know that's how you get born again, right? But that's how that same principle works for anything you receive from God. Would it work for being healed with an issue of blood? Absolutely. The same way it'll work for being born again. And so, what this poor lady hadn't even heard Romans 10, 9, and 10, had she? (laughs) Nobody had ever preached it to her. But did she live it out? She sure did. She heard the word, she believed in her heart, and then she confessed out of her mouth. Good thing she hadn't heard some of these off-the-wall preachers on TV that said, Oh, don't believe in that name it claim it stuff. Don't believe in that confession message. I'm glad she hadn't heard that because she believed in her heart and then she spoke out of her mouth before she ever come and touched Jesus. I mean, we don't even know if she knew for sure she'd have an opportunity to be in a crowd with Jesus. And then when she knew that he was coming and passing by and she went, how how did she even know for sure she'd be able to get to him? But she believed, right? She believed and she kept saying, if I'm just going to touch his garment, and I'll be healed. I'll just touch his garment, and I'll be healed. I'll just touch his garment, and I'll be healed. I believe that that faith drove her to push her way through the crowd because it says there was a whole press of people. They were all, so much so, you remember Peter said, how do you say who touched me? There's all these people around touching you. Right? But she pushed her way through. And she said, for she was saying, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. This is the goodness of God. That when someone touches him in faith and power... You know, remember, we've said that principle works all the time. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Faith comes together in the two parts and power is the result, right? The power of God is the result when you put the two halves of faith in God together and power. She did, and power was tapped into when she touched Jesus. Was there special power in his clothes? No. There wasn't just special power in his clothes, it was power, the power of God in him, but the power of God in him was plugged into by her faith. And she put the two halves of faith together, which made a power connection to the power of God. It just flowed out of his garment from him on the inside, right? But she put it together. All right, Matthew chapter 9. And we're just going to look at 20 and 21. It says, And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself... It's not weird to talk to yourself when you're talking the Word of God. Okay, Don't say crazy things that are going to happen. Power's going to (laughs) happen because you're putting what you believe in your heart and speaking it out of your mouth. You're speaking your faith. And so that's what she did. Just think of the woman every time. And so it says, she was saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will get well. So see, there, there, there's a, a practical side. There's a how-to in this point that when the, that God is so good that His power just automatically produces good things, right? And, and, and it's there. Is it there today? Just like it was for the woman 2,000 years ago. Is, is it available only if you're a woman with a, with a serious 12-year sickness? No. It's available to men and women, right? It's available to all of us today. It's the same power. And when we tap into it, what happens? Something good happens. In this case, healing automatically just flows. What was her need? Her need was healing, right? Yes. Now, you could say she had a financial need too because she'd already spent all she had. But I believe probably that got taken care of eventually too. But what was her need? What is your greatest need today that you would say you have? And I would say that if you have faith in God and you have you're standing on his word for that need, and you speak out of your mouth what his word says about that, if it is a financial need, okay, then then speak that verse. What is it? 1 Corinthians 8 and 9? That he took my poverty and gave me his riches. Okay? The beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So speak what his word says that you can believe in your heart based on you're knowing, your knowledge, that His nature is good, that He loves you. What we just heard at the beginning of the message from the Holy Spirit. He loves you, He loves you, He loves you. <laughs> his nature is good. He's not trying to punish you for your sins. He already did that on Jesus. Why would He need to punish you? He's trying to get His good nature across to you and get you to be a conduit of it to other people. He loves you, so when you speak His word, His promises that apply to you, believing them in your heart, speak them out of your mouth, automatically power happens and things are automatically released for your good. Do you believe it today? Amen. Amen. He said, well, how can you believe it? You've come too late. I already have experienced it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, she's saying, she's saying that Jesus said that when he left the earth, that he's sending another comforter, right? That's going to be within us. And he said, and then you're going to do greater works than I did. Well, how are we going to do these greater works? if we don't know that God is good. Because we're not going about doing evil works, right? We're going about doing good works. Oh, I wish we had time. We were going to get to Mark chapter 15, but you'll have to come back. Because we're going to talk about what he said about the works we're going to do. But we can't do those if we don't know what his nature is. If we don't know what the expected outcome he has because of who he is. But if we know that, and we know, like in this example, that when the power of God is manifested, good things automatically happen. Even in this case, Jesus didn't even plan to heal this woman. He didn't know he was going to be touched. He said, well, God knows everything. He's God. Well, but, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't we know that Jesus laid down his deity and he called himself the Son of Man, not the Son of God? Yes, he had all this available to him. He had legions of angels. Remember, he said that too. But he didn't use them. He came and lived just as we do with the Spirit of God on the inside of him, filled with the Holy Spirit, and did all these things. Right? And so, he did not know this lady was going to touch him as the Son of Man. But he knew the power went out when it went out, right? And he knew the power automatically did something because he felt somebody touch him in faith. How can we not believe that God is a good God when he walked on this earth and he knew somebody drew power out of him and something good happened and he wanted to find out what it was? Again, he wasn't looking to see what bad happened, right? He knew something good happened and he wanted to identify this. Plus, it was a great lesson to everybody around to hear what this woman had done with her faith, right? She had heard, she believed, she spoke it. Then she went, and that drove her to action because power was involved then. And then that action, you know, faith is not dormant. Faith is not not lazy boy. Faith takes action, right? Speaking is the first part of that. But sometimes it means putting feet to your faith. She had to get up. Do you know too, Then this is another part of the story, that it was illegal for her to be out in that crowd? Under the Jewish law, if she had an issue of blood, she was not supposed to be in public. And if she was found in public, she was under the punishment of death. She could have been stoned to death. But she took that risk because she had heard, she believed, she spoke, she had faith, power was released, and she took action on her faith despite the circumstances, despite the the risk. This message is brought to you by Hope Church. If you would like more information about Hope Church or to listen to more, please go to www.hopechurchnc.org. That's www.hopechurchnc.org dot O-R-T.